Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daney. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash Graham Hunter and we'll bring you joy. Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of The Big Interview. This time our guest is Tim Sherwood, a Premier League winning captain with Blackburn Rovers, a championship winner with Portsmouth, RA. Also somebody I love listening to on radio and television because Tim tells it as it is. Here's Tim. So amongst the, you know, that league winning side, I remember the battle as you, as you go up each season and your finishes. The real battle was United. Yeah. And there was one, I remember I was out running, listening to it on the radio, in the dark, in Aberdeen, I don't know, I was there, with a little earphone in. I think Kevin Gallagher scores in a 1-0 win there. And that felt like the, the breakthrough moment, because United had, never mind the traditional rivals, they'd seen you coming, Alec and Kenny, it was bound to be personal. Mm. They've had serious ups and downs over the years. Fergie hated Hanson, Hanson and Kenny were, you know... Like Dean and Bing, what was that rival? The, the whole thing about taking United down, which is what you had to do. What was that like? What was the pressure like? What was the anticipation like? What were they like to play? Um, it was the only rivalry, you know. They, the I can't think of anyone who'd come to the party other than that. It, it was just them or us. And, and for a long time, it's just. Totally nip and tuck. Them or us, and it was blind. There was obviously mind games as well, where they tried to take Allen, didn't they, when, yep. when Allen come? And Kenny had tried to get Roy, I think, yeah. and United had just got there first. I remember Jack Walker, when they bid for Allen, he said, yeah, we, you can have Allen, but we got to have Cantona. Hmm. As a joke, he knew there was no chance. So he was basically saying to them, why, why are you bullies? Well, you can't bully me. Why, why are you trying to bully me? That Alan Shearer is going to win us the title. And thankfully, they couldn't persuade Alan to go there. When 
Fergie presented them at the uh, awards. Uh, Alan got a Lifetime Achievement Award and Fergie presented it. And Richard Keyes was uh, hosting and he gets him on the stage and he says to Alan, you know, you're talking about going to Man United. He said, if you would have gone to Man United, you would have won more things. And Alan said, if I would have gone to Man United, he would have won more things. <laughs> it's a great answer. Uh, but I think Alan, Alan was, um, he was just integral, wasn't he, for everything we did. And when you look at, like, Shearer, Batty, Lasso, mm-hmm. Flowers, mm-hmm. Hendry. Berg. Yeah, Henning, um, Ripley, Wilcox. All men. All, and we weren't phased. Right? We, you, no matter what they wanted in the game, we would have it. If it was if it was going to be a kicking match or it was going to be a technical game, whatever, we could we could handle ourselves in that. So we wasn't phased. When we're looking across at Bruce Pallister, early days were a little bit rough. You know, you got Robson, who's like a just a legend in in my eyes. I I say to people now, Brian Robson could play in the Premier League now and be the best player, mm-hmm. best midfield player. He could tackle. Mm-hmm. He could score. He'd run the game. His physicality. He refereed the game. He did everything. Everyone was in awe of him. He was just brilliant. And I still believe he could play now. It's underestimated then how good he was because there was less coverage. Yeah. The old Premier League thing now compared to, but he's all-time, all-time. Just just the governor. I mean, he's just just unbelievable. He's just... But that was... I grew up looking and watching him, yeah, and obviously he had them... And he, when he played for England, he always seemed to pick up injuries, didn't he? And you, you could understand, when you play against him, you understand why. I mean, he's just so robust. It's all over it. I mean, he would bully you. He would... Technically, he was gifted. He could arrive at the right time. You should talk about earlier yep. about scoring goals. Um, and that was... They built the Manchester United way. There was a way of, of not only on the pitch, but a way they behaved outside of it. And they... And Fergie almost, and not only Fergie, but likes of Brian and, and Brucey and Pallister and Dennis Irwin and all these legends there at Sparky, they, they give you, they know Manchester United and, and they had this swagger and they had this aura about them. But we wasn't phased. You know, we look across in, uh, in the tunnel. People when I was at Watford, lot, yeah. yes. When I was at Norwich, yes. When I was at Blackburn, you just look straight ahead because we know they're, they're worrying about us as, well, as we're worrying about them. You know, but they've obviously Eric and Kanchelskis. You know, they've got all these players coming through. And then Keno comes and the younger generation. They're all getting taught along the way how to be Man United pupils. And... It wasn't just on the pitch, it was off the pitch as well. But we did not feel phased by them whatsoever. You've set that up beautifully because, again, for those who either watched you or, or don't remember it so well, they're aware that you won the title. You've talked a lot about the people in the dressing room and how they matched up to the, the behemoth, the giants at Old Trafford. Yet, yeah, you were captain. Why did he choose you? I don't know. It was really interesting the way he told me. We were in pre-season uh, in Ireland and... Kevin Moran was captain, obviously a legend of the game, great guy. And he called me to his room at the hotel. And when I went into the room, Kevin's in there as well. Mm. So Kenny said to me, um, this old fellow's getting a little bit too long in the tooth for it. He's obviously spoke to, to Kevin. He said, he's not going anywhere. He'll be around, but he's going to... We've had a little chat and we think it might be time for you to start leading out the side. So I said, 
yeah, I think you're right, yeah, I think you're right. He knew he'd get that sort of reaction. <laughs> so uh, he said, Would we agree, Kev? And Kevin said, yeah, because he obviously had Kevin on the inside because mm. the captain is, your, is the extension of the, of the manager, not to be a snitch, but just to give him honest views and opinions. So he must have said to Kevin, what's he like in the dressing room? Yeah. What's he like around? Is he overawed by the rest of them? We're signing some big-name players. And Kevin would have said, not phased. Yeah, that, or, and he probably said the right things. And, and that is why they made it. It was interesting that they made that transition and that, in, that introduction How they to did it was strange. That's a strange way to do it. To do it Even if me. it's pre-packed and whatever. Even once you've agreed it, to speak like that in front of the outgoing captain, obviously they knew what they were doing, but it's an odd way to do it. Yeah. Did you want it previously? Did you have any inkling it might come? I just didn't think it would change me anyway. I didn't, didn't understand what it means. It's not like being a captain of cricket, is it? You know, it's like you're captain, obviously a big honour. You know, so when they start signing Shearers and obviously Hendry was a leader. Mm. There was loads of leaders, loads mm. of guys who could be captain, a lot of men uh, at the side, a lot of players who moved on to other clubs and been coaches and managers and captains mm. elsewhere. But... It wasn't because I had a, an armband on my arm. It wasn't going to change the way I played or acted. I was I was going to be the same person anyway. So, but there was, so it changed nothing in you in terms of you responsibility. Think, well, what do I have to do with this? What's it for? I think it was a good it was a good way of. We talked about Norwich, didn't we? The Dave Williams thing, and uh, that was a a moment, a penny dropping moment for me when he said, you know, Tim Sherwood going to do what he can do for Tim Sherwood or what he's going to do for Norwich, and I think this. Kenny knew there was a little bit of devil in me still, um, even though I'd realised the penny had dropped that I was actually at this, got this opportunity to play this magnificent game and get paid for it. And it, it was probably worthwhile me getting the most out of it I possibly could in a Milner sort of style, even though he's gone on to completely different levels of fitness and, what's the right word, his, his approach and his... His, his professionalism to it is took it to another level. He'll do the yoga, he'll eat and drink yeah. differently from now everybody else. It's a total exclusion of everything else yeah. until the, the, the career is done. It's it's yeah. it's monastic. Yeah. He's obviously happy. Yeah. And it doesn't make him this stupid image of being boring because he's no. not. No. Very clever, very funny, passionate about the game, tough as anything. Mm. You have to also be tough. But yeah, he's he's but he's still quite unusual. But you needed to, or it helped you I go... I think there was still a, an, an element there. Should of, we say a bit of Devon or whatever? You, you're yeah. not just talking on the pitch. No, I'm talking off. There was a nice I, bit of living going on. Yeah, and I think that he he would have felt there was an extra responsibility and yeah. and I would take it on board, and I did. What is, I've been to the training ground. It, I seem to remember it's down a windy old lane. At, mm. I think it used to be a mental hospital or something like that. It was, it's a creepy old place sometimes. Mm. I it? mean, well, well, not then. I mean, this is Kenny was almost left the club by then uh, when they built Brockle. We trained on a public park. All right, these are the surprises you get. Okay, I didn't know that. We trained on a public park. We got tra- we got changed at the main ground, Ewood Park, which is not Ewood Park like it is now. You know, it was like two armchairs and a, and a, and a sofa at the other end. You know, it was, we drove in convoys, filling up cars, two, three miles to the training ground. We had to stop training every day to let the funeral procession through because there was a cemetery through our... That's, through our, that's true. Every, every, every day we would stop training. Tony Parks, who's a, who was a coach up there, Asa Hartford... Um, other coaches we had, they would have to go early, make sure 
There's no dog shit on the shit, pitch. No, I knew that was coming. And then they cleaned it up. And Kenny used to have that mentality of, and I, I've heard him say it about Liverpool's training, Melwood. Mm-hmm. It's not about the facility. It's about people in it. Mm. And he's right. It's not about the trimmings. Mm. It's about who's actually making it work. And the, it was such a... We used to know the... The everyone I would talk to you, and I'm sure you've heard it millions of times. The tea ladies, and I, mm. we know they were family to us. You know, we we we. But Kenny helps to create that environment because he had that environment at Liverpool, and it was an easier task but to take it from. I don't there. understand any other way. It has to be like that. Mm. It doesn't matter whether they're the person cleaning the shit off the public park, or they're the driver, or they're the guy. Who, you know, washes the kit or makes the tea. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's they've all got to be pulling in the same direction. It's all got to feel like everybody wants the same thing. Yeah. And there's no reason you wouldn't treat them like important people just because they're doing a job that is might seem menial or it might seem unimportant because you only see them once a week. I don't understand any other way. Mm. But it's not like that now. That's completely different. I, would, I think it'll be, in Liverpool, I would suggest would be the same. No, well, it's, we, it's we, easy to be that way when you win. We we spent a lot of time at Melwood, and and it's a lot, and and they give you the roam of it. They're they're overly generous. I think they're mm. really open, and you'll meet with the players, or you wander about, or different staff will stop and have a chat with you, and you can see that, irrespective of him not being brought up in his country, and irrespective of Jurgen not being a Liverpool fan, he absolutely has brought that now I've been taught it and said this is what we used to do at Liverpool that's him to a T and it seems to be making a difference because mm. everybody is on the same page but you got that impression Brendan did that as well though yeah I believe you and I, and I certainly we know Brendan he's agreed to do this interview he used to talk he phoned me when he was still at Chelsea could he come across and watch um, Barcelona training because he wanted to learn and people are work at Celtic now say that he left behind a really good structure um, at Lennox Town, the training ground for Neil Lennon to come back and inherit again and yeah I agree with you um, and obviously Brendan's younger than me but he, he some people are old school in terms of mm. irrespective of their age, what their values are, what they think uh, will be important to the, the working atmosphere like you say Kenny said about because Melwood is still not you know, all that Mm. And if you, it should be natural that if you're training in a public park when you've got multi-million pound players, it should be that it's a distraction. It's too windy. That somebody want, a dog wants to run onto the pitch, or you're ch- you spend too much time chasing the ball because there ain't no you know fences. And it's, it should have been a, a sh- in theory, it should have been a handicap to you winning the title, mm. and yet it wasn't mm. because of. No attitude, the yeah. people, the quality. I think that year '95, we would have just moved in, maybe into there. But it, yeah. it was an integral part. I mean, it was it was it was a building process. From, I mean, it was quite quick. The development from mm. finishing fourth in the first year of the Premier yep. League in '92 to finishing second. second, and then that following year, we we knew we'd win it. You know, it was almost what stage. Well, we knew we'd win it at the beginning of the season. We we felt when we finished fourth. If you would have asked me then, do you think you can win the league next year? I would have said, no. Not that Kenny would want to hear that, but I would have thought, they're just a little bit too far ahead of us. There's work to do. Man United, I just don't think we were ready. But when we finished second, it was all, if you would have asked me that pre-season, we, I'd say, yeah, we'll win it. We'll win it. We'll overturn them this year. We'll win the league. Because you could feel the gap was narrower. 
Yeah, because I feel the belief was there as well. Yeah. I think there was yeah, more belief uh, amongst amongst the squad that we could not only beat them, but we would roll everyone else over. You you, you said in pre-season you knew, but on the last day of the season, did you know? What, what, what was that like? Horrible. <laughs> it was the worst ever because it was we were 12 points clear at one stage. Yeah. And it was almost like, if you didn't want anyone chasing it, it was Man United. Serial winners, no out get over the line, great players. Eric done us a great favour, didn't he, by Kung Fu kicking the kid in Salas Park. So it was, a, it was a massive blow to him. Lost four or five months, didn't he? He was just so, such a character and great for the Premier League. And he was, he's just a, he was just such an important part of what they were doing, you know. And, and to lose him for that amount of time, it would be like us losing Shearer. Yeah. So it was a massive plus for us. You know, we were just, I know they appealed the, the band, the length of the band. You know, you're glued to the telly, hoping that it doesn't get reduced. And thankfully, I don't think it was too much. And, but then we just had to come. Kenny was always like, well, he knew, didn't he? I mean, he knew how to win leagues, Kenny. He knew how to win leagues as a manager. And he knew how to win it as a player. So he was always, well, he's, he's the man. He's been over the line. So let's follow his lead. Why wouldn't you? And that's what we did. And he just kept us really focused, never ever spoke about winning or losing leagues, just one game at a time, always boring shit, cliches, but it, and that's how it was. But then when it, we started losing, they continued to win and the gap was closing, you get doubts. And, and the, for me, I dream about that time when I'm going to be the first up to lift that trophy and that could be taken away from me it was just unthinkable. And it was sleepless nights and just, and that night, you know, we'll listen to all that shit. Oh, Liverpool don't want Man United to win it, so they're not going to try. We knew they were going to try. I know John Barnes. I played with him. Jamie Redknapp was my mate. I know all the others. Listen, ideally, if they could pick someone to win the league, they would rather us than Man United. But not For the next any, 90 minutes, they're on it. Any professional player yeah. does not. And they've yeah. got no pressure on them. They've got nothing to play for. And that makes them even more dangerous. Um, I mean, the fans wanted us to win it. The Liverpool fans at Anfield, of course they did. I mean, they would rather Jamie didn't bend that one in and John, Johnny Barnes equalising and Jamie bending that one in the last minute. But we played a minute of that game knowing we were champions of the Premier League, which we, I just walked around. Because you're not only talented, but you are self-confident and you've got strong character. But it affected you. That, that's what interests me, that the psychology of, irrespective of knowing I've got soldiers all around me who mm-hmm. are immensely talented, the manager's been the course... But, and, and like I say, you're not short of a mix of talent and character. Yet, in the weeks building up to it, it did get to you. It get to me, but I couldn't show anyone else. I mean, it got to all of us. So they, we would all admit that. I think what got to us, the fact that we've had our hands on this. I mean, we've been 12 points clear and someone's pulling them away from us and could take the trophy up the road to them. I mean, it's just unthinkable. So that, I think that was what it was. I mean, we can suffer... I think when you're ahead, you're such a, so far ahead in a race for someone to come and come and catch you, and it's almost your doing. I mean, we're dropping points, we're coming back to them, you know, and they must have rubbing their hands, thinking we've got them exactly where we want them. Um, no, it was just that thought of if we didn't win it, we knew full well it would damage us so much we wouldn't win it the next year. I hear that. That's. I mean, I wasn't fishing for that, but that puts it in context. Mm. You're not just thinking about now, but like what, what damage? What happens if? Yeah. Then that's that's for for a competitive man. Yeah. I mean, you still serious. you still you still live with that now, yeah. wouldn't I? I mean, uh, yes. I mean, I do a lot of media stuff now, and and they introduced me as Premier League winner. Does it still sound quite nice? But yeah, I just don't like talking about it. 
No. <laughs> God, that's how you used to do potatoes well, isn't it? You've just done me there when I was preparing to move off with the ball. Can, yeah, I give you, can I give you a compliment? I'll tell you, let me tell you that one. I, I always think, and I always feel from, and I can't, I can't help thinking about um, Phil Jones's face. That Aguero goal, even though Man United have won it multiple times, that still keeps them up. That Man United celebrating and Aguero scoring against QPR, last kick of the season, they still wake up in the middle of the night. I know, I've been in that position. I know they are not ever in their lives will ever get over that, even though they've won multiple titles. The scars are big. Massive. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm going to think about it more sympathetically now. I think I remember chuckling on the day. And, and we've interviewed a lot of people who, who were in that city team and who we like. And it's a really interesting story about, you know, the, the psychology of them chucking it away against 10 men and they think they're going to be in the position you thought you were at Anfield yeah. that day. So there's a lot of scarring going on and maybe yeah. some of the city scars aren't completely healed because they still in their worst night's dream about like, did Aguero go go yeah. in and did we lose it? I mean, it's topical at the moment because everyone says who's the best foreign player because he's breaking all these records and all that. And I always come back to... If you have to give me one last kick of the game and put someone on a chance, he's already shown he can do it. He knows how important that was. He's just got yeah. this ice in his veins and True. this special quality. But you've just said best foreign. He didn't say best foreign striker. So, like, you know, I'm not the argumentative kind, obviously. And out of respect, mm. you're going to win every argument. Mm. But, I mean, come on. How do you even begin to choose? You mentioned Cantona. Changed the club. Changed the entire league. Mm did things with his fish and his trawler and his kung fu kick and his practising and blah, blah, blah. Or, I mean, a giant, it's Michael. Mm. So Michael could be on his day, maybe was, the best keeper the world's ever seen. But they're giants. Mm. Henri. I mean, I no, they're all great. I'm talking about striker. Strikers. Someone with a chance in front of goal to put that ball in the net. If I had to have my life on anyone, it would be Sergio. It's a big compliment. Foreign. Foreign. Big compliment. Otherwise, I would have Shearer. Shearer. I knew that was coming. Not Chris. Yeah, I want to give you a compliment. And, and I think I mentioned it early on. There was a stage at which, and um, because I enjoy this so much, I can't even remember how we began talking. But I think you were interested in the fact that I was living and working in Spain. And at that stage, you were, you know, quality control at Spurs, making sure that the investment in where players were loaned or how the development was going or also who should be signed. And... Knocked me out because even in Spain, people weren't really talking about Isco. 
Mm. Currently at Real Madrid, multiple four times Champions League winners. So he's done quite nicely for himself. Yeah. Can still play a bit. But you spotted him at Valencia Reserves. Mm. How? Why? The Valencia B team, I watched him three times on, I'd have to call the surface ash. <laughs> it looked like ash. I mean, you know, the pitches are not, I mean, it might have changed now, but no, it the, wasn't exceptional. Yep. And I went to watch a boy, someone had rung me about another boy, and I think he might have been playing for Seville mm-hmm. or someone. Mm-hmm. In, and I can't even remember his name, because after 15 minutes, there was no interest in anyone else mm. other than this little kid who looked like a jockey. And <laughs> I, was, I could not take my eyes off him. I couldn't take my eyes off him because the ball was a magnet to him. He knew when to stand still. He had that anticipation, what we spoke about earlier, of getting himself into areas where no one could mark him. He would put the centre forward on a penalty spot with the ball, with the goalkeeper to beat three times every game Hmm. that I'd seen him. Hmm. I just wanted to continue going back to watch him and then I wanted to try and find a way that we could take him. I managed to achieve that, find a way we could take him. By, I'm, not, I'm not sure of the agent's name now, but he would have been available and he would have been no more than €500,000. And the club didn't want to do it because it was they wanted to spend a little budget what they had at that time on first-team players, obviously. I mean, I mean, I've got a PhD in hindsight. I mean, it's this... It's an incredible... No. It's an incredible miss. I remember when you told me and what you told me about him, Mm. and I don't know if we are or aren't allowed to say some of the specific things you told me about him, Mm. but just leading the horse to water, your employer didn't fully back you Mm. about, like, if this kid's in Valencia B, then he can't be as good as kind of... or he can't be worth that. I think if you said to me, what's the take take away the playing side or biggest attribute I have, I can see a player. And I, and I can watch him, and you have to keep going, you have to double check, but I know that the, the kid is something special and I wouldn't want to block up a pathway of any of the youth players, but I knew we had nothing like this. Yeah. You know, this is exceptional. It's not, it's not getting someone who's just a big athlete and you can produce through your academy. This kid was special. And I'd have to say there was probably in the, in the three games I watched him, there would have been five or six of similar ilk players. I mean, they were you're breeding them like you wouldn't believe. I they, remember they, Pep famously pro- said once when they asked him about Jack Wilkes. I was sitting says, there. We've got a dozen like that. But you have. But he this, meant it. But he wasn't boasting. Was, this kid was ridiculous. I mean, his running gait is horrible. I mean, I've got I've got to see him a few times because uh, I, I followed his career now and and uh, when I spent his a lot. Bond does stick out a little. Bit. I spent a lot of time in in Malaga and obviously he's from Malaga. And I've seen him a few times there and I've watched him play there. I mean, it's just, it's almost like a waste of time now. I mean, I, was, I saw a couple of years ago Tottenham were linked to him and I think they were linked to him. Oh, I was there or just like... Villas Boas wasn't too keen on a 10 that didn't run around like a... But I, that time, I went begrudgingly on his behalf to speak to the sporting director at Malaga. At Malaga, who might They have played been... Panathinaikos. I was there. I was in, at that game. They played Panathinaikos in the qualifying of the Champions, Champions League. League. Yeah. So I've had a meeting all day with the sporting director, right? If they don't win the game, uh, I think, I think uh, Manuel was there. Well, he was, he was, he was the coach. If it right. there, he comes. Joaquin on one wing, Isco on the other, yeah. big Julio Cruz, and then Van Nistori up front, yeah. Tula Lan in the midfield, 
Kameni in goals. Yeah. Jesus Gamas at right, uh, at right back. It's good side. Yeah. But he, he comes to Tottenham. But it was almost like I didn't want it to happen. And the reason I, I didn't want it to happen is that you'd already missed the boat. I mean, I spotted him. I spotted. Yeah. I, I spotted him fifteen million pounds ago. <laughs> What's the point of taking him in there now? You know, it's, it's almost like, well, why didn't you back me then? Why didn't you trust me? I mean, I, there's a more dramatic one than that. I mean, this guy is the one I followed. More but, dramatic. But, uh, and uh, Abamyang was Abamyang was my. Oh really? My I have a guy who Seamus Brady, who's an Irish fellow, who's a, an, an analyst guy, and he used to work for me on the development side. And I took him wherever I go. So I went to watch Sandro. We'd signed Sandro, mm. and I watched to watch Sandro play for Brazil against the Gabon. Oh, okay. In, in Saudi. Yeah. Or uh, Ab- Abu Dhabi, or wherever it was. And then after five minutes, I've seen this kid, like a skinny little kid, like with breakneck pace, like ridiculous, running down a wing for the Gabon. And I used to think, I knew we're not in the back in them days where you think, well, you go to the African nations and we'll nick loads of players because no one knows about them. Because it was, it was almost more modern times when everyone knows about players. Yeah. But I thought, this one just might have got through the radar. So I was straight on my face. I'm in the ground. So I said... This called Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and I said, Shay, check him out, see where he is. Uh, and I was speaking to my analysis guy. He said to me, Tim, he's at AC Milan. He said, yeah, he's on a loan at St Etienne. I said, okay. So I said, I, I love him, mate. I love so I spoke to the um, head of recruitment at Tottenham when I come back. <laughs> and I said, this kid? He said, no, no, well, they always do. Yeah, they don't want to... They, if you mention a player they don't know, they can't. It's, it's almost like below them. Yeah. No, no, I know him. I know him. I know him. Oh, okay. What do you know about him? So I used to put him on the spot because they know, like, <laughs> I know where the bodies are buried. Yeah. So he goes, well, he's, um, and he, he can't wait to get to his phone. Yeah. And have a little Google up. I know I've had a report on him and uh, they said that he's got no end product. So I said, he's developing. I said, he's a young kid. He might not. This is probably a good out where I could say, oh, okay. All right, no problem. But it's worth keeping an eye on because the kid's ridiculous pace. So we only got Gareth. I said, but he's another option. So I said to Daniel, I couldn't help it. Just, I just said, Daniel, as a kid, I saw the other night. I said, we got track him. Let's see if we can get him. What does blah, blah think of him? I said, he says he's, he's, he knows him. I said, but does he? I said, oh, I think it's worth tracking him anyway. He scored and scored and scored mm. for St. Etienne mm. every single week. So I said to the head of scout in there, the kid you're talking about, it must be the wrong kid to what I'm talking about, yeah? I said, because he's, he's scoring so many goals, he's so many assists. I said, you got, as you say, he's got no way in product. I said, I'm telling you this kid, and in a minute, it's going to be too expensive for us. Mm. Daniel says to me, get him up. We had a manager there who didn't want him, Villas Bars. He said to me, get him to come to Tottenham. So I got in with his dad to come to Tottenham, sat there with a chief scout in the uh, old White Hart Lane, executive box looking over the ground. Fantastic. Imagine now. Now he... he the player's going to see it. He was here. Dad. Come, come in. Yep. And um, I sold him there and he couldn't understand why the manager wasn't there, which was strange. So it's, it's, it's a fair it, point, but of course. You, if you're going to come, you're going to... Where's the player uh, spitting a team thinking about me? But we sold it on... Yeah, yeah. I'm a technical yeah, yeah. whatever, and I'm t- and this way we see my, my respect for the Obiang family the goes dad, up because the nose is good. Yeah, it? but the dad was, you know, he knew he knew how good the kid was and what he could be. It, it, it could have happened. I'm not sure what the price would have been, but it wouldn't have been ten mil. 
uh, he went to Dortmund and the rest is history. You were on the goal line. It's, it must be deeply frustrating when that happens. And from my stance, given your talent, I don't really see why you would go back into coaching and management when that talent that you've patently got and was exhibited to me when you said something on the phone that caught me out, but it's called, that's much rarer. Mm. in football to be good at that yeah a lot of the time though Graham I think is that it's not about spotting them it's about the development of the player as well okay I could I could spot someone and say this kid mm-hmm. is top draw and I could take him in somewhere let's use Harry Kane as an example mm. would be a good topic because <laughs> I've known Harry since he's 12 yeah he's never a podium player never mm. but he had an attitude which was different yeah, and not only that, he was growing physically, and I, well, I mean, he was a little bit puppy fat, Harry. Mm. All of a sudden, it was like streaming off of him physically. He was changing. He was getting stronger in his running, but the mentality was still the same. Never ever wavered. In Harry's mind, he is Lionel Messi in the nicest possible way, and 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 you want him to be. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, he knows that he can continually improve. And he now doesn't feel like he's got a ceiling. He knows now he can continually improve to get better and better himself. Everyone I loaned him to. The games programme in England, I think we spoke about this before, mm. is no good. Mm. They have to play men's football. Mm. The Premier League have tried everything they can, but you cannot re- replicate men's competitive football. Not enough pressure, not competitive enough. And, and they're, they're playing... I, I could go now, I could play in one of them under-23 games. Every game looks the same. We could, whatever game it is, I could tell you how it's going to look and how it's going to pan out. The centre-halves never rode the ball, no one ever tackles. It's a 1,000 passes for each team. It's boring. You want to leave. There's no, no competitive mm. nature. So I used to say, no more of that. If we feel like they're good players, we loan them. So I loaned them out to play men's football, mm. whether it be the National League, League Two, League One, Championship... A you're lot gonna, of them wanted to go. Problems, you're going to get bruises, you're yeah. going to play on bad pitches, the crowd will be on your back and you, you, you develop or you fade. And it means something. Yeah. They do that in League One where the guy's got to pay his mortgage mm. and he needs the wind bones to be able to do that. They're going to get him by the scruff of the neck, up by the wall and tell him he cannot do that mm. because he's a flash kid from Tottenham and mm. he's this. Uh, Aria never had that mentality. He always had that responsibility. Mm. We exposed him to men's football. But I'd have to tell you, every club I loaned him to, every manager said he would not be a Premier League player. Right Now, if I listened to him and I took them... As, but I, I knew, you're absolutely right. He's not a Premiership player now. Mm. Will he be a Premiership player? Absolutely be a Premiership mm. player. But could have wrote him off. What did they doubt? Pace or finishing? Every, everything. They couldn't. I said to him, I used to ask them, they, sometimes they ain't got a lot of time. They ain't got, well, what they haven't got to do, that's the only downside of it, is they haven't got time to develop that individual. Yeah, yeah. All they're worried about is winning games. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that he needs, you need to try and do it. And I'll say to all development coaches out there, you need to try and do both if you can. Get him to play his games there, but get him a couple of weeks back with you to work at stuff. And, and we... But thankfully, we, we just managed to balance it out and get that done. And he continually improved. And then he got the games programme, which, which was competitive. And it took him to another level. We spoke recently to somebody who'd coached him. And pardon me for forgetting him. And he talked a lot about the, the extra finishing work and the demand to... Who would that be? Alex Inglethorpe, maybe? Spoke down. Alex, actually, I was speaking about... Um, I interviewed Trent Alexander-Arnold in Switzerland in the summer... 
and boy, he talked about Alex and the work he did on him when it was vital that instead of being a midfielder, he would convert to right back. Because I think at the time, Brendan had said, I need a right back. And they'd said, listen, we can make this kid. And he said, Alex put him through hell, but exactly what you've been talking about, Mm. to test him, to show him, to teach him, then to assimilate and revise and start again. And he said it was horrendous. Trent did. But he said it made me and it made me ready. So they did that within their own system differently. So it was a different manner, but to the same end purpose as you're talking about. But with, with Harry, it was, it was talking about um, working on weaker football and from the side all the time, busy. Mm. <laughs> he, he had exactly, you know, James's yeah. attitude. Did it changed. And I remember talking, about, talking to Pleaty as well about one day when he saw him playing on loan. I can't remember at Leicester. On loan. And for some reason he was playing at Old Trafford. I can't remember what it was. And Fleet said that he noticed that somehow or other Harry was reading things quicker, therefore he was getting to things quicker. That maybe his pace hadn't changed, but suddenly, because he too had doubted, he admitted that he doubted about whether he'd reached top level or not, and he went, oh, where did that come from? That's a change. Mm. How you do that? Well, I suppose it means Harry's got not just determination, but Mm. he's got a decent football brain too, Mm. if he's learned how to anticipate better. Mm. And he's had to come for a lot of adversity, that's the thing. I mean, no one ever fancied him at Tottenham. And he knows that. Deep down, he knows Daniel Levy wanted to sell him. He made a good decision not to. Because what they wanted to accept for him, Harry, since he's been 10 at that club, has probably had as much as that in the, in the canteen. Mm. So it wasn't even worth it. Um, and the kid was already a better player, but it was Baldini who, who put it into Daniel's mind. Franco come in and said, this kid is not going to be... Daniel always wanted players. CL. <laughs> They were going to be Champions League, and Franco told him he wasn't even PL. So I obviously got in between and just said to him, "Tell me what you can do, what you can't do." So that that's a source of big satisfaction, then. Yeah, he wanted Morata to come in because Morata was a different level to him, um, and I obviously we talk keep talking about sliding doors. Moment, it was mm. one for Harry Kane. If I don't take the job, he doesn't play for Tottenham. Because, and, and thankfully for Harry, Pochettino took over mm. after me. Mm. Because Pochettino, with the game time as well, took him to another level. Mm-hmm. If Jose would have come in after me, Harry Kane would never be seen. Because he hadn't rehearsed enough for Jose. He wants ready-made players. He does. And, and, and it wasn't obvious at that stage that he was going to be what he is now. Because Jose could do with a word with Dave Williams, because sometimes what Jose's doing... It's for Josie, mm. not just for the club. Mm. It's my opinion, but I'm absolutely sure of it. Well, Spurs then don't just owe you a big debt about Harry Kane, also about the revenue that Harry Kane has generated for the club by getting them to the Champions League, getting them all the way to the final, win or not win, the money now is extraordinary. Yeah. Through the group again, that'll be... Because they are through the group, aren't they? Yeah. In fact, they might even have... Well, it's not a they play Leverkusen. play Leverkusen. That's a fi- because of this season's mm, revenue distribution. That's a fifty-six million half season already because mm. of the. So Daniel, no, he's uh, no, he's, fans. but the kid's got to take all the credit. I oh, mean, yeah. he's exceptional. I yep. mean, uh, for my liking, I was just talking earlier to someone who's a journalist in Newcastle, talking about Ben Taleb because he's one of my boys. Yeah, when you loved I, when... his attitude, didn't he? You loved Ben Taleb's attitude. Loved him, loved him. I just, I just said, listen, if. 
His strength is his weakness. His emotion. He cares too much. Yeah. But I'd rather have it that way and rein him in than, yeah. than try and... Because you're never going to get him to care more. So I'd rather say, listen, stay at this. Just, and that's why he falls out with people. But I don't mind him falling out with people. He fell out with Potch because he wasn't prepared to be second best to anyone. <laughs> he wanted to play every week. Uh, and I, I think it's a good trait. Yeah. And obviously that's happened at Schalke as well. But in the meantime, the kids earned a lot of money for Tottenham, played in the Champions League for Schalke a number of years. And now he's going to go up there and he'd be very you good. You bet that him and Steve Bruce will get on. Yeah. Because people, I don't know what, but Steve is A, very able as a coach, but B, he's a, for all his affable, nice, or a winner, mm. tough man. I think they'll get on, I think. Mm. All I'll say is that this has been fun. We've used up a lot of your time. I hope that when people are watching this, they're going, yeah, you want to be coach, manager, whatever. I think people should go going, I have to have Tim Sherwood at my club running the development mm. uh, because... People that can do what you can do are very rare and football spends a lot of money completely screwing up. So mm. get back and do what you're good at. I love it. I love that development thing. I think the, the problem with it is that there's too many too many chiefs at the clubs now and uh, they've got other agendas, you know, and uh, rather than just doing what's best for the player and, and ultimately best for best the club, club, you know, they've all got their hands out. Yeah, Everybody watching knows what you're talking about. There's too many snouts in the trough. Mm. But sometimes um, when it's purified down to this level about talented football man, sees football player, helps him get the right path, it can be... It's the reason that we all still love the game. Mm. We don't love the game because of the big money or the big fanfare on the TV. It's football. We keep loving it. Whatever works, it grows. Mm. So long may that last. Meantime, until you start doing that job again, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true. Graham Hunter and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at ACAST and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.